What was that? Motherfucker, you know it's a shark. You've been around sharks. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Greetings and salutations and welcome to Hacker Slash. If you're joining us again, welcome back. Here come my pride and joy. If this is your first time listening, welcome to the party. We are a horror movie review podcast dedicated to telling you whether a movie is a hack, a total joke, a waste of time, or a slash. Totally killer. Pun intended. We believe horror is for everyone, and as such, we're rating these movies with the perspective we've gained from our varying walks of life and the flavors of fear we fancy most. My name is Chris. I'm your friendly neighborhood slasher enthusiast. This week, I'm joined by the Superfly Space Guy, Mac. Hola, muchachos. The Igor Lover, Alexis. Show some cheek, and you'll be back to shoveling french fries. And the Cowardly Creeper, Ryan. That was my quote, but I sure I could say something else about water sports. This week, we're bracing ourselves for the upcoming Shark Week by revisiting an iconic aquatic franchise. Before we dive in, though, we have some follow-up. This is the part where we're going to do some follow-up, and I'm not going to sing the song. Let's follow up on a movie. That works. (laughs) Yes, let's do. So we reviewed Urban Legend, and in our poll results, we had a 50-50 split, 50% hack, 50% slash. Which is actually very surprising. I feel like most people look back on Urban Legend fairly fondly. I wasn't expecting a 50-50 split. Yeah, I thought with the time frame on this movie, a lot of people would have enjoyed it during their first watch. And probably their second. I wonder how many people have watched this again. I feel like it's one that people forget about, you know? Well, if they haven't watched it again, they certainly have the opportunity to watch it for another time. Because Paris and I actually did a watch-along for this episode, and it was a ton of fun. Yes. So from that watch along, we have a couple of comments from some of our patrons. So Rob said, doing the urban legend watch along with Chris and Paris, Tara Reed literally has two microphones at once during her radio show. There's no way that would work. Irritates the hell out of me, which has nothing to do with the movie. And Rob, we love you for hating that. Oh, it's it's enough to be distracting. I can understand why Rob feels so passionately about it. That's the thing though with like ASMR, isn't it? Where you get like that whole stereo effect of scraping your nails on microphones. But not with two. They do a lot of that on TikTok. It's gross. Trust me, if you edited this podcast, you would know how bad it is to have the microphones right next to each other. (laughs) So we also have a really dramatic comment from Nathan, who said, Chris, I just listened to this. And despite David Arquette not being in this movie, you still managed to drag my boy Dewey. Now I'm verklempt, disheveled, crestfallen, if you will, distraught. It was a good time. LOL. There's a lot of feelings. Look, Nathan, I'm sorry to have let you down, but I couldn't miss a shot against Dewey. And I do love the drama with which you approached this. I'm glad you still had fun, though. And lastly, we have a comment from Stevie B, who said, We love a killer that brings an entire PowerPoint presentation to the climax. And that's our follow-up. When last we visited this franchise, we watched the 1978 sequel in which Chief Brody and his family faced off against another deadly 25-foot great white shark in Amity. In the years following the sequel, the film industry experienced a revival in 3D popularity. The allure of 3D providing an edge to his directorial debut was irresistible to Joe Alves, who had previously served as a production designer for the first two films. As such, theater-going audiences were eventually treated to disposable glasses to see the next chapter in the Brody family's shark adventures. This film explores life beyond Amity and finds the Brody brothers reconnecting in SeaWorld Orlando, where another shark is on the attack. This week, we're talking about Jaws 3D. Who's seen this one before? So I totally have seen this. It's kind of a weird thing my family loves to do at our beach house that we rent in down in Florida. They'll just put on all the jaws. So like when you're walking in, grabbing lunch, I'm like, yeah, cool. We're at the beach. Don't want to see this. Then I remember specific stuff about this movie. I obviously never saw this. 
I do, however, wish I could have seen it in 3D because I feel like that's part of the experience and you don't get that now. Me and Mac were like, can we find blue and red glasses somewhere? You can definitely go to a friend's house who has a 3D TV and watch it. Yeah, I, I tried to find a time machine back to uh, 2015 to find a 3D TV to watch this on, but I couldn't. Um, I have seen 3D before, but I've never seen Jaws 3D. So this, this was a first for me. I've seen... Obviously, the first two with you all. I've seen the first one, obviously, many times. But when we were watching the first two, Chris, I remember you talking about this movie a bunch. And so it was like cemented into my brain that like when we get to this, it's a distinct feeling. It is a distinct feeling in comparison to the first two. Some think it's for good reasons. Some think it's for bad reasons. But this is a movie that I've seen several times, and I've made no secret of the fact that Jaws 3D is one of, if not my absolute favorite Jaws movies. Now, I know that sounds crazy to say because a lot of people fucking hate this movie, but I think I, I found Jaws 2 so particularly boring that there's something adventurous about this one, and it has a tone to it that felt more entertaining or at least kept me along for the ride when I watched it as a kid. Now, I haven't seen it in a few years, though, and I rewatched the documentary Blackfish a million times back when it came out, and I was wondering, hmm, is this still going to be enjoyable to me given all of that, or how would I receive it differently looking back now? I still have not seen Blackfish. I am familiar with the general idea of what nasty things are done to, to sea animals, though. Well, it's worth a watch, and it used to be on Netflix, but now it's available for free on Tubi, and I have dropped a link in the show notes. Mac, I cannot believe you haven't seen Blackfish, because to me, I feel like that is what kind of catalysts this second watch or whatever watch this may be for me. What really got me watching this and remembering the freaking visuals in this movie, so I was expecting to really dislike this movie remembering that the visuals were bad and then continuing that onto this watch i mean it's a jaws movie right so you're gonna get like i don't know water fish hopefully hot chicks what i mean what is there to expect it's a it's a shark they can't be but so different but i guess that's kind of just what i what i went into it with it's kind of like you just have an open mind for jaws you don't take jaws too seriously jaws is here to play games. Don't be a fuddy-duddy about Josh. Just let him do his thing. Don't take it too seriously. So that's what I expected going in. See, that's weird to me because I think Jaws 1, the OG, is so fantastic because it is like the archetypal monster movie, especially when it comes to naturally occurring monsters to where all you need is super crazy, scary thing that can eat you or kill you and an environment and you can make a movie out of it and it can be good. So my expectations were a bit wishy-washy like i know chris that you've talked about having a good time watching this movie but also i had a fear that would be headed towards sharknado territory so i was like are we going to be somewhere in between is it going to be like entertaining like jaws but like ridiculous b movie like i don't know here's the thing there are there are so many things that are sharknado territory and i don't think anything in the jaws franchise truly gets close to sharknado territory even as as different as this one is compared to the rest of them i do know though that where you you and I differentiate. I feel like we have very similar tastes, but there is a critical point in which we diverge. And I think Jaws 3D is the type of movie that I would expect us to diverge because it is not silly enough for you to, I think, have a good poke at. 
but it's also another entry in like a semi-serious franchise that is more renowned for just its brilliant cinematography, its great shark mechanics. So I would expect that that you wouldn't be super down for this, but we'll see if I'm wrong. Yeah, well, I guess we'll see. I mean, I, I did find the movie entertaining. I think it's got enough to keep you glued to the screen, the whole thing. Like, we'll talk about the story. You know, we'll talk about the effects. We'll talk about the shark itself when we get there. But I think just as a film, as an entire thing, um, it was an entertaining watch. Like, I, I did sit there on the couch watching this with my wife and we made it the whole way through without having spent the entire time on Instagram. So I think it was effective at like keeping you in in the movie. Yeah, I could totally agree with that. I don't know if it's the setting of this movie per se or like Chris, you mentioned the tone, but I think shark movies can do no wrong. I don't care if they are Sharknado. I do not care. But what really had me entertained about this movie i was just so concerned for a specific actor that was so close to these animals and i don't know it's because i've watched blackfish but like she was so close and i was like she's just an actor it's not like she's like a handler she is literally an actor it be what it be but it it was entertaining yeah, I know what you're talking about. I feel like they had to have done some significant amount of training with animals to be able to be this close to them. I mean, I don't know. Do you think they had the budget for that? Or they made this 3D? Jaws 3D? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I guess so. They did have the budget for months of training for these actors. You know, this is the classic Jaws 3D. <laughs> they had Very all true. the money. <laughs> What do you mean? I, I have to agree, though. I do think it was entertaining. Just like you guys said, I wasn't asleep. I wasn't on my phone or anything. It, it wasn't the kind of movie where it's just like, what is this nonsense? There's some unique nonsense, okay? Normally, like our 80s nonsense is like characters that suck and I don't want to listen to them speak. That's not what happens here. But I'll, I'll, I'll go into the nonsense later. Yeah, I think this is one where the entertainment still somehow wasn't lost on me. What I did find interesting was like, okay, as a kid, you look at SeaWorld as a place that'd be super cool to go because look at all these fish. But now you're like, fuck, it's SeaWorld. And looking at this movie as an adult and then looking at where I think society stands, right, in terms of just like harm or cruelty to animals, it was really interesting to see what was in this movie and even how some of that characterization plays out. Even within its own plot, uh, there are some moments where some characters are very clearly solely operating for greed and capitalism. And there are others who act out of uh, a genuine desire to be compassionate to animals. And all parties are largely flawed. But I thought it was interesting because when I went into this, I didn't really remember the grimmer side of the decisions that are made and uh, the clear evidence of just money making for some reason and maybe it was because of the the tunnels and everything and and the under water footage those elements of the story were lost on me so i found that even watching it again it was interesting not just entertaining but actually interesting and i feel like this movie gets a lot of shit that it doesn't quite deserve i have a quick question would y'all go into the under underwater tunnels no would you go in the underwater tunnels i think i've seen too many movies including deep blue sea which gets me so scared about going underwater but i do love the fact like they have at the aquarium here where you can go in a tunnel but it's it's an aquarium per se it's not a huge you're not like really underwater i do something like that but no i would not do a tunnel 
I'll forego the obvious like, okay, would I even go to SeaWorld? No. Uh, but skip past that and say, hey, if you were in an environment in which there was a shark tunnel, yeah, I'd, I'd go in it because I think that shit's cool as fuck. Don't they have a shark slide somewhere in like the Bahamas where you go down a water slide? Yeah. The tunnel does exist. It's called Shark Encounter in SeaWorld. This tunnel exists? I mean, like this adjacent? An underwater tunnel exists. And I'll drop a link in the show notes. Interesting. I think it's a little different when you have like a an aquarium rather than like an open body of water, or a, a, a semi-open body of water. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a lot of trust that you're going to place in some engineers. And I don't know that I have that much trust to be like in a tube under the water. Like if something fails, I'm going to suffocate or drown one of the two. I'm just, I'm not down. I I, the see. shark part is actually the most appealing part of it. Just being in a tube that I can't get out of. No, thank you. <laughs> I... I don't know. I trust engineers all day, every day. Isn't that just existing as a human in in this day and age? You just trust a lot of engineers. Trust somebody that built my car. Trust somebody that built my house. Okay, so remember that trust the next time you get into an elevator and it makes a funky sound. I'm not saying I have like a ton of it. I'm just saying life is full of trust. Might as well have some fun with it. You know what I mean? If it's my time to go, it's my time to go. Anyway, the thing that I thought was very interesting during this movie that I was really surprised by is this movie takes an interesting turn where it feels like sphere vibes all of a sudden. And for a while, I was like, this is like totally sphere, but with sharks. It's just same, same, but different. A little less gaslighting, a little less like in almost, you know, psychosis bits. But I don't know, a lot of the things that were going on, I was like, okay, we're a little bit of sphere vibes. I liked it. Well, you were vibing out. I was still disappointed in the visuals slash effects. I think I had this, you know, it was on a pedestal for me after Jaws, the original. And then, I mean, two, eh. But this one, there's a specific scene that I legit hate. And it literally looks like three pieces of paper, like transparency, like stuff you saw when you were in school, was on the screen. I was so confused and I was highly disappointed. But I don't know if that was the way 3D worked back then. <laughs> that That's not how 3D worked. That's how Photoshop worked. <laughs> and Photoshop is, is way better now. And it is three pieces of film laying on top of each other, basically. <laughs> That was that was pretty disappointing because I don't think any of us really have 3D TVs anymore. Like we're kind of beyond that, right? So we're not going to even watch it in 3D, let alone enjoy the work that they had to put in to get 3D in the 1980s, right? So I don't know. I think if we were there the first time and watched it, we'd probably have a very different experience. But that's not the thing that disappointed me the most. The story is both surprising to me and disappointing. We have characters that came back from the first two films um, and... That's weird enough as it is, considering the setting is so vastly far away from where we started. It, I mean, it's a whole, it's like from one edge of the coast to the other edge of the coast, but. Yeah, still the East Coast. It'd be different if it was SeaWorld San Diego. That's true. That's true. But the way that these two kids grow up and the choices that they make in their lives, like it doesn't add up to me based on the first two films. And that's what I think I found mostly, disapp- I just, not even disappointing. Let's just say perplexing that we just kind of write off the last however many years it's been supposedly, uh, since we saw them in Jaws 2. Honestly, I didn't almost, I almost didn't understand like using the names of characters from the first two movies. It didn't make sense to me. And that's what I think was so perplexed by. I was just like, this is, sure, you want to place it in the same territory of Jaws 1 and Jaws 2. That's great. But it's so far removed from Jaws 1 and Jaws 2. Just give, like, give us new characters. Like, why even bother? It was weird to me that there was no mention at all of previous giant sharks. 
Not even like, I heard there was one. So there was a mention. What did, they, what did they say? There was one mention. Yeah, the brother is talking about how he's traumatized by the water because of a shark attack in his hometown. Yes, no, but th- that that could have been anyone that could have said that. It That was a small thing, sure. But like when the shark was there, I felt like it was weird that we didn't like make any relation to previous Jaws at all. Yeah, there's no PTSD whatsoever. Yeah, they were like, a giant 10-foot shark? We've never heard of that. Well, oh man, this just, it blows my mind because I feel like they actually did talk about that. And now there is one moment where they definitely did not. And it threw me off. And it was a moment where Dennis Quaid's character, who he plays like the older brother from the first two films, he's like, what was that? Motherfucker, you know it's a shark. You've been around sharks. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. But that was the one moment because there are these little references back to, you know, he says, oh, I know what I'm doing. I've done this before. Or the brother is talking about how he doesn't like to go in the water. Things like that. Like they have these moments of talking about it that felt Good enough to me because it didn't feel like a, we want to just retread the past. We don't want to just um, name drop Chief Brody every five seconds to build up the nostalgia points. It felt like, okay, these are two kids who grew up and went their separate ways. One moved further inland, the other so working around water, but in, in, in engineering. And I actually didn't have any qualms about like their chosen paths or their chosen courses in life, which I think I find even more surprising now. I think the story for me is questionable in some spots, but overall, not bad. Well, I'm glad that you felt that way. Yeah, I'm not harping on the details here, and I don't think they go too far into it. They do just enough to, like, create some nostalgia, I feel like. You know what they didn't create? A scary shark. (laughs) What? This is about the least scary a shark has ever been in all of time. I don't know about that. You think that shark wasn't scary coming into the tunnel and all that? The, The slow motion shark. Sharks in slow motion are so chill, bro. Yes, in 3D, also in the 80s. The shark didn't even do anything in 3D. He was 2D the whole time. It was the blowtorch and stuff that was 3D. In the hand. In the hand. And I think at one point, like a shoe or something. I would agree with you, Ryan, but I do have to admit this movie does what the first one does pretty well, which is create that, you know, atmosphere where it is, you know, when someone's diving, is there someone behind me? Is there? Why are they turning around? There's something going to be behind them. Like, I like the mood that it brings. I think it did it kind of backwards. I think in, when you're watching Jaws 1 and you're like, these kids are playing or people are out swimming or whatever, like you're kind of like, oh gosh, like the, the shark could be there and it could hurt them and they don't even know. It's so horrifying. And by the time we get to Jaws 3D, like somebody's like, I'm going to go take a bath. You're like, oh, I bet the shark's going to be in there too. <laughs> like, all right, go ahead and just show us who's next. It's kind of ridiculous at this point. See, I don't know. I felt like there was a lot of tension with the shark. It didn't look the scariest it's ever looked. All right. Like aesthetically, not great, especially when you get some of the kills that are just like really close up flashes more than anything. But overall, I think the tension with there's a shark in a confined location in a park and then the points where we get the strength of the shark with all the impact in like some of you know, one of the best scenes in this movie is like the tunnel scene. I think it's great because it creates enough tension to keep me along for the ride. Whereas Jaws 2 was mostly fucking boring. So not scary, but tense. I mean, Jaws 2 was super boring, but this is not not boring because Jaws 2 was super boring. You know what I mean? Like, We'll get to it. He, I just wasn't, I wasn't afraid of the shark. So this is kind of a tough one 
because it's Jaws. We've seen Jaws. Is this movie original? Well, I think they added more to it, though, than just like, hey, there's a big shark at a different beach. I think the setting is what makes it feel original. I think the premise of this like underwater tube where you could see sharks, I think like how it's there and, and, and why they can't get rid of it kind of makes it its own thing in a way. But I think as a Jaws movie, like, hey, this big old shark that likes to eat people, not super original. I mean, I'd say I've seen a lot of shark movies because they are my favorite. And you have the trope of, okay, there's something that happens in the middle of the sea and it's stuck. That one's overplayed. I haven't seen something like this before. I'm sure there's probably one or two Sharknados that are filmed like this. But even those, I don't think it builds the tension. It's more funny than anything. So I don't know. To me, this is original. This absolutely is original. This is Jaws, but wait, there's more in so many different ways. This is a great approach to a shark movie. I'm not mad at it at all. But wait, there's more. It's another dimension. (laughs) The other dimension is terror. I'm like 50-50 on the originality for this one. I feel like it gets some, but it's also a shark movie. So it's kind of the same chase that you normally get, you know? So I'm not mad at it. I'm not giving it none, but I'm not so sure. So the, the end of the movie here, I think fits the rest of the movie. And that's honestly a major point's if if the ending makes sense considering what led to that point it doesn't like severely just like trail off or drop off then you've done a good job um i think we get closure i think we get we kind of go out with a bang and for a jaws movie that's the way to go out so i'm not mad at the ending whatsoever i think what happens in the end of this movie is exactly what you said it's it's it works it's it's maybe it's like a good, happy ending. And then we get the worst visual on screen that I have ever seen in anything ever. And I was once not a graphic designer, but wanted to be and photoshopped things, okay? The end of this movie is is like the worst intentional Photoshop job you've ever seen in your whole life. And that can't, it can't be understated how bad the last thing on screen in this movie is. It's horrendous. It's the scariest part. I thought the ending, like you said, was perfect for this movie, perfect for this franchise. But my favorite part was all the lead up to that. Was so, There was so much tension built up and action in that last third of the movie that I thoroughly enjoyed. And I love that it ended the way it did because I was... I was on the edge of my seat, to say the least. Yeah, I'm okay with the ending. It's one that plays out and it's very straightforward. It's one that is, it doesn't leave a lot of ambiguity to things. It does give, I think, a sense of finality and closure, but also I think watching it now with this experience is thinking, yeah, that's what you fucking get for running a park like SeaWorld. And I'm okay with that, right? Like it's satisfying in a way that doesn't immediately feel obvious as well. I am curious if Ryan how horrified you were by the last visual in this movie is enough to tank the entertainment that you felt throughout it. But we'll get there to our ratings in just a bit. Before we actually rate this movie, Alexis, how many people died? We had a total of six deaths in this movie. And what about the animal report? Yeah, it's it's a Jaws movie. It's not great. Paris would be super bummed. You know how he feels about sharks. But it's not the worst thing we've ever seen. Well, let's go ahead and get into our ratings then. Jaws 3D from 1983. Is it a hacker or a slash? You know... Going into this movie, I really thought I was going to hate it because of the visuals. I was like, they were so distracting the first time I watched it and the most memorable part of the first time I watched this. With that said, though, 
I have to admit, watching this the second time, I wasn't as focused because I just, it didn't bother me. It was just, I knew what to expect. I knew that that was going to be a part of this movie. So I just left it in the back of my brain. But I really love the characters in this movie. Catherine is great to me. All these people felt like they were like kind of summer campy, which I liked. I love anything underwater. So I love Jaws. Something about this movie is like homey, but I don't know how to describe it. I think because I've seen these as a kid, they're terrifying. I don't think this movie is half bad. I think the setting is also what makes it too. Like this amusement park sort of element I love. So I'm going to give this a slash. Jaws 3 is in a word ridiculous. The premise of the movie, the titular shark itself, and especially the effects that you mentioned, Alexis, are just downright silly. If it were made today, we would be screaming that it's even considered in the same universe as the original masterpiece. But there's something strange that happens as you watch. It's a silly, enjoyable time. If you can accept it for what it is, it's about as believable as something like The Meg, but that's okay. It's pure B-movie material that is such a joke that if you can loosen up, you'll actually have a good time. It should be a hack, but it's simply a slash for entertainment value. So this is a really tough one for me because, as we have said ad nauseum at this point, Jaws 2 is so boring that literally my favorite part of it was a hot chick water skiing for 10 minutes. And this movie... Also has water skiing, <laughs> less hot because there's 15 people involved, but I don't know. It's, it's a weird one. I really like the story. The characters were not nonsensical, which kind of new here in the eighties. Okay. It's rare that we get that. And this, like, obviously it was like a little bit of chaos for like where they are and what's happening, but I don't feel like the whole movie was chaos. I don't feel like the movie was crazy. I just feel like certain things, like the whole bit about it being underwater, that was a little off, like that was a little far fetched, but you know, it's Jaws. I hate the visual of the shark so much, like from the depths of my soul. And I mean, at some point, there's a shark that's just like, a sculpture that they're pushing through water. And I, I just, I don't know. It is so hard for me. The visuals of this are so rough. The special effects are so bad. It It's like hard to even conceive how bad these really are until you see them. You couldn't have ever warned me about this. I wasn't prepared. I think I have to hack this movie for balance, <laughs> but it's a good time. But like, I can't, I can't tell somebody to watch this movie with these dolphins and sharks on screen. Like, these effects are just the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. I cannot. I cannot in good spirits slash this. Okay, look, when I, we came here tonight, I thought for sure there would be several hacks among the table. And I didn't expect a single one of those hacks to be from me because this movie is just a good time. I was so bored by Jaws 2. Jaws 1 is iconic, but even then it's not something that speaks to my soul it's, it's it has a lasting impact on society and made people afraid of going into the water i get it it's great but for my kind of shark movie this is more in line with it but i do like campy shark movies i keep talking about a specific shark movie that i don't remember the name of but it's one where there's like a gigantic I don't know, flood or natural disaster and there ends up being a shark swimming in a grocery store and people are stuck on top of the aisles in the grocery store that's the kind of shit that i like 
because sharks are fucking scary, bro. The last thing you want is them to not be in their natural habitat far away from you. So on the sheer premise of that alone and the fact that this movie takes a lot of swings and you know what? It doesn't hit home runs. It doesn't even hit triples, I would say, but it does get infield singles. It gets on base. It gets a job done. It's totally fine. It's a slash. That baseball player is getting fired. That's not a slash. <laughs> no, because it moves it along. It's good. He's in the minors. He's not in the majors. It's okay. No. Okay, hold on a second. Baseball is a team sport and not everybody can go swinging for the fences. That's why the Phillies suck right now. That's why this movie <laughs> sucks. Oh, my God. I, I do respect that, though, because imagine if you had a player that, like, never really hit a home run, but every time they stepped up to the plate, like, the crowd went wild and cheered for them because they were just, like, really entertaining. It's kind of like that. I guess. With that, Jaws 3D from 1983 has earned three slashes and one balanced hack. Now, you can find this movie available to stream online. Go check it out. Then join us in the second half so we can see just how terrible these effects are for Ryan. We'll see you in a bit. dolphins of course you do who doesn't love dolphins they're intelligent playful hypersexual and absolutely adorable but what would you say if we told you that dolphins don't belong in captivity that's where sandy and her dolphin team six come in they break into parks to free the animals and give them a second chance at life after they're freed the animals go through full rehabilitation once they're healthy again we reintroduce them back into the workforce. But this time, they're doing what they love. We have a wide variety of new job options for them, and we know they'll excel in whatever field they choose. So not only will you be helping these animals, but you'll also be contributing to their happiness and social security benefits. Join us in our quest to free captive animals. Visit our website today, OnlyFins.com. Welcome back, folks. You're now entering the spoiler zone for Jaws 3D, which has earned three slashes and one hack. Now, we have a lot to get to here, but before we get into the specifics of our ratings, we have the matter of gore to attend to. Alexis, what's the gore score for this movie? Or lack thereof, because this movie, overall, a low gore score for sure. When the hand came out at me, you got floating arms. uh, It was just a little much. It was a little extra. I mean, I think the only thing I could say that was gory in this movie was seeing uh, Shelby's decaying body. Very true. That's pretty much it. Yeah, this movie was definite fish gore. Because the head of the fish is floating. Okay. But my thing is, like, I don't... Was the first Jaws bloody? Yeah, there's literally a spot. Remember the big scene that I love and I talk about all the time where they're sitting on the beach and then like kid, like there's like a volcano of blood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, I, w- I think that's what this movie was lacking because the terror wasn't from necessarily, we talked about it already, the shark per se. That was not scary. And it was the tension, but you can't have gore at SeaWorld pretty much is what they're saying. We only got like the one bit of blood really aside from like the end but i feel like there were so many other times where i was like just hide your lack of an actual shark biting a person with like some bloody water like there was a lot of opportunity for bloody water that we missed here 
So there are six sets. We can all pick one for sure. So I'd love to know if it wasn't off screen, what would be your favorite on screen death? Well, my favorite death is Shelby Overman just because he was the hunk and we saw him for one second and then he died. Because basically everything happens off screen here. There, I mean, I don't know. There's really only like one kill, you know? So I'm going Shelby. Because he was tan and muscular. Why not? Yeah, his was good. I like the stalking in that. Yeah. It's true to the original where it's, you know, dun, 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 dun. You're like, oh my gosh, something's going to happen. We're setting this movie straight. Yeah, no, I would absolutely agree that Shelby's death is one of the more impactful ones, especially when you see the guilt creeping in from his lady when she's like thinking he's just out in the town. He's up drunk somewhere. Everybody's just tearing this guy down because of his past habits. And then you had the slow realization Oh, he's dead. And they have yet to learn this. And when they finally do, ooh, was that nasty. Yeah, that had to feel like crap. And I love that scene where she's crapping all over him. And then, you know, they're like, well, I could be dead or whatever with a shark and stuff. And it's just like, oh, go find him just in case. I miss him, actually. Just gotcha. I, I, however, I needed to pick Fitzroyce. Yeah, I mean, someone had to. I figured that would be everyone's favorite. Yeah, I assumed as much because it's epic, right? The guy's like a general douche and has to go out in such a meaningless way. Like he's trying to help with the plan. And then the slowest moving shark on earth basically just opens its mouth and then he's dead. It's like, I would swallow you whole gone. <laughs> Sharks who famously bite anything just to see if it's edible. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'll take you whole. And then in the meantime, while you're still in my mouth, I will eat another person, but you'll stay on my tongue. <laughs> what? My favorite part of that though was that we got to see like the inside out view. That point of view I think was really cool because normally it's just like, oh, they're swallowed up, but they're all gone now. And maybe we'll get a floating hand in 3D or something. And it's like, no, no, we're going in there with Fitzroyce and we're going to like look out and see the fact that he can't fight for his life. He's just, he's just in the tum tum right now. Um, and then we get to see like there's a body still there later. He's, he's not able to fight anymore at this point, but. I don't know. I just like loved that whole thing. The fact that like we got to see the into the jaws of the shark. It was really nice for like as much as we are talking, as much as I'm planning to talk trash about the effects. There were a lot of different bits of shark that you get in this. And that's one of them. Like we get an inside out view, you know, like that took a whole different set of engineering. So I'll give those props. I do love that. I actually have that as my favorite death and as my favorite visual. But I do like that view. So it's interesting because in all four Jaws movies, there is a reference made in each of the films to how the shark is actually going to die. So it's funny because in this movie, an argument ensued about Fitzroyce actually using grenades. So that was pretty interesting. Also, this is the only Jaws movie in which the shark's death occurs in the deep and not on the ocean surface. I feel like that would be the best place to kill a shark is in the water. Because if it's at the surface, like you're going to get shark guts on you. It's going to be kind of gross. Make sure it's dead because you know in Jaws, you never know if it's dead. What makes you think going to the shark's home in the deep ocean is a good place to go haunt one? Like if you're looking for a payback, you got to go to where it lives. Okay. You can't let it just come to you. You got to go into the water, hang out with a bit, you know, and get that sweet, sweet revenge. So I know we talked about Fitzroyce and we talked about the visual of him in the mouth. And I did mention that is my favorite visual, but I will pick a different one because I realized that that's probably the only visual that was good in this movie. (laughs) 
But I do like the look of this submersible when it's underwater. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's watching Titanic and watching these weird other movies. Having like something cool like that and look around, I think is pretty neat. Other than that, I really can't talk about the visuals in this movie. Man, y'all are really dogging this movie. There's plenty to like, <laughs> even though a lot of the 3D does look hokey for sure. I know we're never going to get past the uh, central hub, right? And the view from that when you see the shark just slowly sliding to the left, getting a slightly, slightly bigger. I get it, right? But the fucking tunnel looks cool. I, I, I don't understand what the hate is here. And I love, especially in the moments where you see you're in the tunnel and you see Shelby's body. You're, you start to see the, these dead bodies creep up. I loved the views there. The only thing I remember from watching this the first time or the watch I had a few years ago was that scene where the shark was coming in. And I was like, what am I watching? How do they do this? Because I f- can figure this shit out. <laughs> like, it seems easy. It seems so fake. And that's what I remember about this movie is that scene. <laughs> yeah, it was really rough. Listen, Chris, the views from the tunnel, super cool. Or I, I guess views of the tunnel, super cool. Not taking that away from anything. Honestly, for this movie and how bad some of the effects are, we get a lot of like good underwater shots. You know, everything that we saw through the control room TV screens was horrific. So much so they had to tell us what was happening because we couldn't tell what was going on. But I think I'm going to have to give, obviously, my favorite visual to uh, nine people in a pyramid on two water skis. <laughs> like, what do you mean? The fact that it even ever happened, much less happened on film, remarkable. Okay. It's not even the water skiing about it that's cool. It's just the fact that all these people stand on each other's shoulders. And, you know, I just feel like people don't do stuff like that anymore these days. And that's what's wrong with us. Uh, my favorite visual element, Leah Thompson, just saying, but I mean, it could be that it could definitely be that. I mean, like if it, for a breakout role, not a bad job here. That's, you know, the, the, the little game that they played in the bar though, I didn't quite understand. It was like, who could push each other over? That was really strange. Flirting was weird in the eighties. I guess, I guess so. No, Leah Thompson, great visual, but, um, it's, it's tough with this one because we're rating the effects, I think, based on 2022 technology. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Ugh. Watch Jaws, the original. Yeah, but way better. No, the shark looks horrible in this one. And the fact that the shark backs up was very impressive. I don't know how that shark was able to like swim backwards through the water but i'm down for it i mean whatever is that what was impressive or was it by the slow flapping of his tail he was able to bend steel and break out and open a door just from a little side to side so this is a 35 foot shark so this is somewhere what's that close to ten thousand pounds worth of uh worth of shark right there that's a really beefy shark that's all i'm gonna assume he didn't touch the gate (laughs) He just <laughs> waving his tail back and forth. If I'm 10,000 pounds and I wave my tail, something's going to break. That's <laughs> all I know. I don't think it's going to be steel. Okay. So vis- visually, though, I think there's a lot that we can just really dislike. But generally, the look of the movie I found to be completely fine. I didn't. Th- there's nothing that like super stands out to me as like, oh, my gosh, like I can't believe they achieved that. Like, wow, that looks really amazing. But I, I don't think it looks so horrible. The parts that I think looked the worst was when we were outside the tunnels looking like at the people inside of them. But inside the tunnel system and inside the control room, I actually really liked. They have a computer in the control room that was like really popular in other Hollywood movies because it looks super futuristic. So like I like that. I'm down for it. Actually, the shots where we see the team like remotely talking to 
are divers and they've got like the headpiece on and they're watching on the camera. Like, don't look at the screen. Like, who cares? It's not about that. Um, but yeah, I actually really liked from, for somebody who would never go into one of those tube like things, like I actually really liked what we got inside because like you said, Ryan, it reminds me of sphere and I'm down for that kind of down for that kind of vibe. But yeah, if you're looking like far away at the tubes and there's humans like superimposed on them, that looked horrible. I just want to complain about something else for a moment in this control room full of it's like an alien control room it's just like walls of computers right there's a hatch that you can just dive straight out of which doesn't seem to make much sense and like you know maybe things are a little more water resistant now but at this point i'm sure it was just like exposed wires everywhere okay and they come out of the water in their whole scuba suits everything's gonna be soaking wet i mean to be fair, everything then was soaking wet right after that. But I was like, we're not diving out of the control room. That's not the point of a control room. And why is the control room underwater? Why is it there? Have you not seen Deep Blue Sea? The whole thing is under. <laughs> I understand, but it's supposed to be. Why would the control room of the whole park be underwater? Okay, it's nonsense. Well, you know, it's 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 just dog fooding. You know, eat, <laughs> eating your own dog food, right? So if you're gonna put people under the water and tubes, then you better be ready to be under the water and tubes. That's really what it's what it's about. Sure, sure. So look, obviously, the action that we get in the tunnel with the compartments flooding, with people panicking, with the shark really just ramming up against it and damaging the the watertight integrity of the tunnel was one of the best scenes in the movie. But I think in terms of the actual story. My favorite scene comes with the realization that this shark is now dead, but there's still a lot of movie left. And there's another shark. I absolutely love that. People get freaked out and spooked about this 10-foot shark. And you see, okay, well, this shark isn't that threatening. You see how dangerous it could be, how people are obviously concerned about it. And even that moment where it had been kind of like days or knocked out from the tranquilizer and that moment it wakes up in that little pool and they're just like oh shit get out of here to even see how dangerous a 10 foot shark is and then when you realize there's a mother there's something much bigger out there that is now inside the park what a great moment for this story i agree i feel like it was uh, a bit of an abrupt moment when all of a sudden it was just like and it's dead <laughs> like okay yeah, and anticlimactic, pretty much just floating in the water. Right. And it was just a just a solid sculpted probably styrofoam shark that floating. they're just pushing and it flips over slowly. <laughs> anyway, I think it was an interesting take. I really wish I hadn't I, so I was trying to figure out if we were doing Jaws 3D or Jaws the Revenge. So unfortunately, I read the description. So I knew there was a mama coming to look for her baby. So it kind of ruined it for me. But I I can generally agree. I think that was interesting. I think my favorite scene are all the scenes that have the dolphins in them because they're adorable and I love them. I think it was really cool to see these actors interacting with the animals that way because it was like, how are they doing this? How did they get there? What did they have to learn? I don't know. I like to think about stuff like that. Like they got to shoot with dolphins. That's so cool. Yeah, I was definitely had that on my favorites. It's definitely anytime Catherine's interacting with the animals and it just seems so real and there was no acting involved that I was like, interesting. How much training did she get? Also, these animals can be actually dangerous like, dolphins aren't as cute as people think they are. So I was like, at what point did she accidentally get bitten or something went wrong while filming this? 
but I have no clue. I'd love to find out. But it was just mesmerizing to me seeing those moments where I was like, oh, interesting. She is not just an actor, but she is the actor and it's and it's working with the animals as well. My favorite scene actually goes back to what Chris was talking about. And that's when we're trying to do the repairs after the thing has already been damaged. And so we see them like trying to do that underwater welding, which is mind blowing. That fact that we can do underwater welding. Don't know how that works, but I love it. Insane. Even though it seems it's kind of hokey, that whole setup, but I think it's a great setup for a horror movie in which we have this habitat we have to repair. And then there's a, there's a creature that could attack it, whether it's a giant shark, an alligator, or an alien. There's always like in that kind of a setup, there's always that moment where something goes wrong and you have to fix it and you're suddenly at risk. And I think they did a good job there with them, like immediately getting to work of like, how do we patch this up? How do we get those people out of there? And they're doing it and they're welding it. And then of course, mommy shark do, 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 do breaks free. And it is now you're, you're like, you're majorly at risk. I think it's unfortunate that she didn't get to eat anybody in that moment. That would have been even better for me as if one of the welders just got gobbled up right away. That would have been so perfect. But you know, that's, we don't live in an ideal world. <laughs> you know, what was really nice about that is that they didn't overdo the chaos of the people in the tunnel. Cause that could have easily been like too long, like, people screaming and running around, you know? And it was very simple. You're in here. We only got a little bit of oxygen. Can y'all chill out? And then we only have a little bit of oxygen. It's coming back. The water's going down. (laughs) Let's go. But don't run, please. I would love for you to have been the uh, chick that was down there telling everyone, hey, chill out (laughs) right now. (laughs) I literally been like, yeah, your screaming is literally going to kill us. Could you not? Grandma, sit down. I think also in an ideal world, though, some of those people would have been eaten by the shark, right? Like, come on, we get the flooding and everything, and it's and it's happening. Do sharks eat people? It, they taste, and they're like, ugh. I'm pretty sure great whites will famously eat you. I here's here's the thing. I agree with you because I felt like I felt like it was the perfect time for them to start getting out, and then part of them get stuck and eaten. Yeah, carnage. We need a, yeah, we need a little bit of carnage. When it's the third installment of a movie. I need a padded body count, okay? I need more people. I need more blood. I need more death. I'm not too upset that we didn't lose more people in this movie, and I think that's part in part because of how much I liked the characters, with the exception of one that I absolutely disliked, and he ended up dying anyway, so we're cool. I really enjoyed the fact that we have the brothers coming back, and we have a brother who's traumatized from his previous experiences. And it's even better when you watch Jaws Four, the or Jaws: The Revenge. And yeah, it's a retcon, so it's as if this movie didn't happen. But it's one of those that this movie creates a world where there aren't many people to just hate based on bad performance alone or bad writing alone. You know what I mean? The the characters that we're supposed to dislike, we obviously have a bad taste for, but I, you know, I absolutely love our central characters, our leading characters, and it actually made me root for them even more. Agreed. Philip just fit that spot that we needed. Like I said, most of these characters were not the like insufferable 80s characters. He was, but I just feel like that's his thing. Chris, I also really like the interactions between the Brody brothers. To me, it seems so genuine, even when they're in the bar. Like, I love that bar scene where you just see the personalities. And so is this relationship that Mike and Catherine have. Like, that seems genuine, too. They're joking around. I'm like, this is making my heart very filled with joy. Like, I'm not annoyed by any of these characters. I think they played the part perfectly sherry that was my favorite that was shelby overman's girlfriend when she just brought the clothes to his work 
and was like, here, I haven't seen him take his clothes. He like, he's a piece of shit. I was like, I like that. Just like little nuances of each of the characters that I thought fit them perfectly. And I really enjoyed. I will say Dennis Quaid though, Michael Brody actually did not hate it at all. I'm actually kind of a Dennis Quaid fan. Most, I think Dennis Quaid performances, I think are pretty enjoyable. So, (laughs) so I have to say a best part. And I actually think I have a pretty complimentary one. And it is the ending right before the last dolphins. Everything before that last bit of dolphin on the screen, the, f- the, the fake bit of dolphin on the screen, the explosion. You know, I feel like it's Jaws. You have to have a shark explode. That's just kind of the agreement. But it wasn't like a waterfall, at least it did what it needed to do. And then. Honestly, when they come up and they like hug and find the dolphins, for sure I thought one of the dolphins was gone. Obviously, all I cared about in this movie were the dolphins. And then they, you know, it was it was just such a little heartfelt moment when the other one comes up and they do a little bit of jumping around them and they, you know, little hug and everything. It was adorable. It was an adorable ending. And if it wasn't for the horrific editing at the end, the 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 effects at the end, it would have been a great ending. Um, everything up until that point, so good. Definitely my best part of this movie. I don't mind saying a worse because the visuals were the worst, but I've harped on that a little too much. So I'm just curious on how you do have like a submersible, but you need some sort of apparatus around your face. Like, I don't know that why that bothered me so much. And I don't know if that was the technology that they had, which I know they didn't. I thought they had better stuff. Like, I like, why can't you sit in something and don't need a scuba gear on? That's why I was confused. Because that's a submarine. Well, I think it's because they knew they were going to get out. I think this is like a particular type of thing that gets you to where you're going to get out in your scuba gear. Because you wouldn't want to like in a like in a submarine. I don't think you're like putting on a tank. It's just like a vehicle. Yeah. And it's also they are opening the submersible and water is getting into it. So they'd still need the apparatus to be able to breathe in the submersible when they're going up. I think that just would trip me out and really was like one thing that I had to note about the movie. It did bother me how they ditched it, though. Like, as soon as the, okay, there's a shark in the water. And they just like, I'm like, that thing's faster than you. (laughs) Get back in it and and take it up to the water. You know, what are you doing? Was it faster? It was Uh, was a little bit questionable. I'm so sorry to derail the best part, worst part. I just need to talk about my my actual favorite thing in this movie, which is the jet ski that they treat like a bird scooter. Since you started talking about the submarine, I almost forgot about it. It wasn't the water skiers. No, 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 no. Literally the way this man walks down a dock and then just picks up the handles and just skirts off. And then when he gets to the other one, he just literally runs into the dock, drops it, keeps walking. He's like, I got stuff to do. See, they had that technology, but they didn't have the other technology to do. No, but listen, jet skis in the eighties, you got my heart. Uh, Give it to me. Uh, Jet skis now are like boats. Basically, this is like a literal scooter on water. Let me get the app out. I'll scan the QR code. <laughs> I do love I do love that scene where he beached it, though. That was great. He's yeah. like, I don't even care about it. I'm not even going to look back at it. Just F it. Just I'm on the move. It. That's the kind of speed you need. But picking a worse part, I feel like, is a bit, it's a bit unfair because we've done our, our due diligence here and, and crapping all over this movie. But I'm going to take it easy on the actual effects and everything. I'm going to say the worst part of the movie is showing me too much shark because I think that's why I love Jaws 1 the most. And that's probably, we could talk about Jaws 2 again if we really wanted to, but there's a whole episode on it. So I think for Jaws 3, you've, you've given us a 35 foot 
shark. That's massive. That's insane. First of all, that would be so huge to see in the water. I don't need to see it from head to toe. I don't need all of it. I need the really scary glimpses with scale. And so I need to know how big a human is is in comparison to it. And I need to see it just like, you know, show me the, the gills, show me a fin, show me like the tip of the mouth or whatever. Show me the mouth when it's opening up like we get in, in every shark movie. But I don't need to see it the entire size of it because that's when I think when we lose some of the realism is when we see this gigantic prop that they've made. Like, so yeah, give me, give me a glimpse of it here and there. Give me like brush it up against somebody as they realize you know, that there's this massive creature behind them or something, but just show me that little bit too much. Actually, it was a lot of bit too much really kind of takes you out of it. I, in, in my opinion, I, I know some people really like that and they, they want to see the whole thing, but I like, I like that alienness of it where it's just like, we only get a glimpse when we see a bit a little bit. It's scarier because of that. Agreed. And for what it's worth, the shark looked great when it was opening and closing its mouth like that. I'd say that's the hardest part of what they needed to do with the shark. And he was scary at that point, but we saw like way too much. Like I could tell you how many teeth he had too many. Yeah. I actually love one of the moments when we see the shark in small little bits and that's during Shelby's death. But there's a really cool moment where it's flashing through a couple quick cuts. And one of the cuts that we get is a view from inside the shark looking out and you see the teeth and the blood and the body part. And it's just intense. And I thought doing it in that dosage would have been fantastic for the whole movie. But I think my worst part is going to go to a moment that I've already alluded to a bit, but it's Fitzroy's being a jackass. And it's him walking up to her and saying, I'm looking for someone in authority. Fuck the misogyny. I'm I'm not here for it. It's something that like, um, I don't know, he's, he's trying to be that kind of flirt who disparages a woman to try to charm her. Just not a fan. I could honestly, I know that he's important to moving the plot forward, but I could do without Fitzroy's personally. Okay, but she handled her business. She absolutely did. But I also would just prefer to not have him. Yeah, sometimes you need to show that women can stand up to trash men like this, you know? I'd rather she just not have to deal with trash men. That's my utopia. (laughs) (laughs) She had such a good comeback, though. She's just like, yeah, I'm the the head biologist. I will say, though, that as much as I hated Fitzroy's, he is not enough to keep me from ever watching this again. I think it'll be a while before I do, but I would absolutely watch this on a, on a nice summer summer evening. I can really see myself watching this at Alexis's family vacation. <laughs> it's like every time she describes it, I'm like, yeah, that's a great place to watch Jaws. I don't know when or why else I would ever watch it, but maybe if I ever go on vacation with your family, <laughs> you can come this uh, next summer. Yeah, I was going to say. We go every other year now. Sounds great. I'm on board. (laughs) Oddly enough, I had the exact same thought in my head before you said (laughs) that. I was like, if I were to be part of a a group that like rented a beach house, like we know those like 12 bedroom beach houses. Yeah. yeah, You need nothing but horrifying shark movies on screen so that nobody goes in the water and they also in the pool instead. So you're also coming on vacation next year? Apparently. Yeah. You're (laughs) taking us all. We can all share the king bed. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like Alexis. I would definitely watch this again. But it's got to be some time removed before I do. Okay, well, if we all have a little bit of time before we explore this again, let's see if Mac can tide us over with some fact or fiction. Number one, the shark in this film is 35 feet long, 10 feet longer than the previous Shaw sharks. The largest great white shark on record is right around 30 feet long. I'm not sure what part you lied about, but uh, this all kind of sounds correct. Fact. In that case, I'll go fiction. It is a fiction. So they've been measured to be right around 20 feet. 30 feet is like, you know, 
tales, but tales, but nothing's been verified for that. So, um, but the first part is is correct. The the shark in this film is thirty five feet long, and the previous sharks were like twenty five feet long, which is again a massive shark considering the biggest ones we've actually proved are only twenty. Are you saying those ones you see in Shark Week that are jumping in the air are twenty feet only twenty feet long? Yeah. Wow. Or less. Probably less. Probably like ten. Ten is a lot of feet. You're five two. It's very tall. It's two of me. <laughs> and fat, huge, round. Or even four of you. <laughs> Number two. In our Jaws 2 episode, we discussed that Roy Scheider was part of that film to fulfill contract obligations since he backed out of the deer hunter. Supposedly, he agreed to be in the film Blue Thunder to make sure he was totally unavailable for Jaws 3D. None of that rings any bells. Fact. Uh, I feel like I'll go fact too. Contractual obligations seem scary. This one is a fact. So the first part was actually a fact or fiction from our Jaws 2 episode, right? Um, but yeah, this is all supposedly, we can't prove it, but a, he was actually quoted in, a, in one biography as saying, um, they knew better than to even ask. So nice, Mac, I'll lie to you twice. Mac's like, fact or fiction for Jaws 3D? Let me pull up Jaws 2 first. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just add to it. That, that's not exactly what happened. Number three, Dennis Quaid stated in a later interview that he spent most of the filming drunk and baked and would splash his face with cold water to feel awake before shots. Ooh, that's a great way to make it seem like you've been out in the sun. You know, that's a good way to pull off the Florida sun vibes. I'll go fact. I'm just going to go fiction so I go opposite. This is a fiction, but he did say he was pretty much high on coke every time he's on screen. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Not surprised. That's an 80s thing. That's why I don't remember any of the other movies he's been in. <laughs> Number four. Most scenes in this film were actually shot in SeaWorld, and it's the only Jaws film not to be filmed at Martha's Vineyard. First off, a lot of information for one question. I'm going to say fiction. I feel like this was not SeaWorld. I feel like the first part's true and the second part's false. I'm going to go fact. Interesting how you got there. That's the name of the game. <laughs> yeah. This this one is indeed a fact. It's the only one of the four to not be filmed at Martha's Vineyard, not take place uh, in Amity. But it's also true that most of the scenes here were actually shot in SeaWorld. And that is too insane to me. Wow. Well, I feel like they would have to be because how many places had animals trained like this at this time? You know what I mean? But also, we haven't really addressed enough. How did they legally make this and call it SeaWorld? It feels illegal. I can't believe they let them film it there. I think SeaWorld is illegal, honestly, but (laughs) that has been fact or fiction. I just want to point out, and I'll drop a link in the show notes to this. There is an article that is clearly written by AI that I sent to Mac earlier, and I sent a screenshot to Ryan. (laughs) Let me read you an excerpt. Where was Jaws 3 filmed? People are dying out there to know the shooting place of Jaws 3. Jaws 3 is one of the popular films of the era. Jaws 3 is an 80s movie. It was released in 1983. But even today, people are crazy for Jaws 3. It is full of adventure and thrillers. It is a sequel movie to Jaws 2. Jaws 3 is a horror film. (laughs) Yes, it is a horror movie and kind of adventurous also. Jaws 3D has many great shots. It has beautiful scenes, shots, and the background. (laughs) People are more curious to know the location of the movie because of the water. Here's the best part. The movie has most of the shots with the water. (laughs) (laughs) It's so bad. It is the third installment of the Jaws franchise. Again, Jaws Franchise is an American horror film series that is based on a novel. <laughs> Jaws Franchise was started in 1975. It is totally based on the sharks attacking people. <laughs> it just, it, it, it goes on and on and on, and it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> this is, this is like one of those articles you see in like Facebook 
or somewhere else that you like, you're like, Oh, the title seems semi interesting because I'm scrolling and you tap on it and then you bring it up and it's got nothing but like page after page of ads. And it takes you three years to finally get to the one sentence you needed to know. To be clear, our sponsor AI is higher quality AI than this bullshit. <laughs> That's true. Very sure. true. It gets compound sentences at least. <laughs> well, there you have it, folks. Jaws 3D has earned three slashes and one hack. Now we've had a lot to talk about here, but it doesn't end here by any means. We want to know what you think. Did you also hate the 3D or do you think this movie's pretty underrated? Let us know. You can join in on the conversation by hanging out with us for free in our Discord. Click the link in our show notes to sign up. If you've enjoyed listening to this episode, consider becoming one of our patrons. Visit patreon.com slash hacker slash to enjoy more of the show with early access, extended episodes, bonus content, and live shows. We'll see you next time, folks. And remember, no grenades. I'll have my beeper beep your beeper. Thank you.